Well, hey, good morning, my church family. My name is Sarah Hobson, and along with my husband, James Hobson, I get the privilege of pastoring Hill City Community Church, a local church in Lynchburg, Virginia. So thank you so much for having us on this very special Mother's Day. Um, I would like to just take some time before we get started um, and honor you moms on today. Um, today is your day to celebrate, to rejoice, to praise God for all of the ways that the Lord is using you within your families and communities to make an impact. Um, I want to take some time uh, to honor mothers who are in different seasons, whether this season is a time of rejoicing, a time of grieving. Um, we see you, we love you, we are praying for you and know um, that God sees you and he is here for you on this day. And so I pray that no matter what season you are in um, on this Mother's Day, whatever, what stage of motherhood, um, whatever, what stage of remembrance you are in right now, um, I pray that you would feel the presence of God um, with you. Um, I want to just stop and say thank you um, to the spiritual mother of this house, Pastor Stephanie, who has been such an influence and such a guide for me um, as a spiritual mother. So thank you, Pastor Stephanie, for all that you do, uh, for the women who are a part of this My Church family, uh, the impact that you have left um, in our lives. Um, I cannot um, stop there, but I got to say thank you to my mother-in-law, Sylvia, um, who has been just such a place of comfort, security, who has been an amazing mother. Um, I'm not originally from Lynchburg, and so when I moved here, um, she was such um, a safe space for me. So thank you for being that. And of course, my mother. Um, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you for all that you have imparted in me um, and for paving the way to help me become the woman that I am today. Um, so thank you for giving me the time to do that on this Mother's Day. Um, before we begin, let us go to the Lord in prayer and prepare our hearts for what he has in store for us this morning. Father God, I just thank you for this Mother's Day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you have for us women on today and for all of those others who are listening. Um, God, I pray that you would, um, um, waken our hearts and our minds, give us ears to hear, um, and soft hearts that are willing to receive uh, from your spirit, God. Thank you for this Mother's Day. We praise you and we ask that you would get the glory um, from this morning. Amen. Um, well, this morning, um, I'm going to just spend some time talking to you out of the book of Ephesians. Uh, but before I get there, uh, I want to kind of talk to you about a couple things. And um, so there's a basketball player, and his name is LeBron James. And he is said to be one of the best basketball players of all time. Um, he has even said of himself that he is one of the best basketball players in, of all time, however you may feel about that. Um, but there's an interview, um, and this interviewer um, basically, in this interview, LeBron is saying how he... Um, hates when people compliment him by saying um, that he has such raw talent and that he's such a natural, um, which seems kind of like, why would you hate when people say that? Um, you are talented. And, um, but in this, what he's saying is something that was meant to be a compliment um, actually kind of was an insult to him. 
Um, it was an insult because it diminished all of the hard work and the effort that he had to put in to be one of the greatest. Um, it diminished the work that he had to take, um, to uh, the work that he had to put in to take care of his body, the countless hours of practice, the diets, the strict eating plans, the workouts. Um, to tell him that he has such raw talent was to almost in a lot of ways kind of negate all of the hard work that he actually has put in um, to be who he is today. And so what was meant as a compliment actually um, kind of felt more like an insult. Uh, and I know you may be thinking, uh, what in the world does LeBron James have to do with Mother's Day? Uh, but if you would stay with me, we're going to go somewhere. Um, has there ever been a moment in your life when somebody complimented you, um, but it actually felt like an insult? Type it in the chat. Uh, type it in the comments. Uh, what, what was that thing? Maybe you don't feel comfortable putting in there, but if, if, if so, just type yes, me. I know what you're saying. I have felt that way. Uh, well, there's an article um, by Rachel Eddings of the Eddings Counseling Group. Um, and she talks about this term superwoman. Um, and she says how this term superwoman, it denotes a woman who overworks herself in order to be outstanding as a mother um, and career woman. While maintaining a work-life balance is struggling enough, uh, the persistence of gender roles has made it a particular challenge for women who strive for perfection at home and in the office. Um, to compliment a mom by telling her she's superwoman, I don't know if you've ever been complimented that way. I know I have. Um, but if we think about it, it actually isn't that much of a compliment. Because when you tell a woman that she's superwoman, uh, this is what we are in some ways communicating. Way to go for holding it all together. Way to go for being so strong. Way to go for overworking yourself. So while some may praise LeBron James for having raw talent or the genetics to make him a great athlete, the reality is he has to work really, really hard because he has limitations. And so before we go on, I want to confess something to you. Um, I have actually feel like I failed at being a mother uh, because of my limitations. I feel like I have failed at being a disciple maker to my children I feel like I've been trying to hold things together in my own strength. I feel like I've believed the lie that overworking myself equates a successful woman and mother. I feel like I have believed the lie that I should be superwoman. And you know, the truth is I have limitations. And so this morning I want us to push against the superwoman narrative. Do not just praise me. Do not just praise the women in your life. Do not just praise the mothers in your life when they appear to be super women, when they appear to be holding it all together, when they appear to be um, doing all of these great and big things without taking a breath. Take some time to also praise them in their limitations. Because when we stop to praise each other in our limitations, it makes little of me and it makes much of him, the father. So if the gospel focuses on Jesus's performance for me and I'm not on my performance for him, 
I'm asking you to celebrate me today because of his work, not because I am working. So this morning, if you don't get anything else, if you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to just at least get this. On this Mother's Day, as we sit back and reflect on the women in our life, on who we are as women, don't put on superwoman's armor. Put on Jesus's armor. Let me say that again. Don't put on superwoman's armor. Put on Jesus's armor. If you would, let's stop and turn to Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18 together. And it starts by saying this. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Verse 14 says, Stand therefore with truth, like a belt around your waist, and righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. Pray at all times. Stay the post. Don't stop. That's my my interjection. In the spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. I want to look at verse 10 and 11 again, and it says, Be strengthened by his vast strength. This Mother's Day, I want to encourage you, mothers, be strengthened by his vast strength. How? By putting on the full armor of God. Is there armor that you've put on to yourself? Is there armor right now that you are girded with um, that actually isn't from God, but it is from uh, the compliments of people? It is from the strength that you've had to learn how to have because of life? Is the armor that you're wearing your armor? Is it armor that people have put on to you? Well, I want to challenge you right now as we get ready to read through and and talk through the armor of God, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit in this moment, reveal to me even now, what pieces of armor am I wearing that is coming from me? And Holy Spirit, help me to take it off so that I could make room for what you have for me. Take some time in this moment and do that now. Prepare your hearts and ask God to remove anything that you've placed on yourself that is yours, that others have even placed on you that is not from him, so that we can make space to put on the armor that God calls us to. So we've read six pieces of armor. 
And we're going to take some time this morning and we're going to walk through each piece of armor. So if you would just stick with me, we're going to make it through. And I think that uh, it'll be really impactful. Um, mamas, as we're going through our day today, we need his vast strength, of, as we've already said. And this means that we need to daily put on his armor. Which piece of armor do you need to take up today? Maybe you're going to need all of them. Maybe you need one of them. Maybe you just need some of them. But as I've challenged you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal armor that you're wearing that isn't of him, I want to also take some time and challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit, what armor do I need to be taking up? So as we go through this, be in tune and be uh, ready to listen and to hear as the Lord is leading you um, as, your, as his daughter um, to take up his pieces of armor and to let go of and, and take off um, things that aren't from him. So the first piece of armor that we see is the belt of truth. And I believe that this is the very first piece of armor because without truth, everything else in our life is shaky and uncertain. Every other piece of armor that we put on is put into jeopardy without that belt. This belt of truth is for those who tend to conform to the beliefs of this world rather than the truth of the gospel. The purpose of truth is that it would be a banner over our experiences. Truth is to surround us. It's to light our path. And it's to replace lies or expectations that are being held over us. Priscilla Shire's Armor of God study reminds us that the belt of truth allows us to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. It allows us to stand firm because it girds us. It keeps everything in its place. It protects us from being tripped up from other things. So without this belt, we, we're easily shaken and moved. But with this belt, we can stand firm against the schemes of the enemy, schemes of division, distraction, Schemes of convincing me to idolize my motherhood, convincing me to idolize my ability to be this certain type of woman, convincing me to idolize my children, convincing me that it is by my strength and my power that I succeed as a mother in all that that role entails. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. When we are freed by the truth, it allows us to let go of all lies and deceit, all ungodly expectations, and that freedom allows us to move about this spiritual battle being held up by his truth. So once we've been girded with truth, the second piece of armor uh, we arm our chest or our souls with the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate gives us confidence of our standing before Christ. So who needs this breastplate? The breastplate is, of righteousness is for those who don't believe they are loved by Jesus. Are you struggling to believe that the Father loves you? That he has made you righteous? That he has died for you on the cross and, and put on you his righteousness. 
Are you struggling to believe that this morning? Where I want to tell you, if you are a daughter of the king, that righteousness is yours. You are loved by the father and there is nothing you can do to earn it. There is nothing you can do to take it away. So this morning, if you are struggling to believe that you are loved by Jesus, maybe the Lord is calling you to take up that breastplate of righteousness. How often do I feel unworthy to be a daughter of the king? Because I fail at loving my children well. I've neglected to be patient and kind, long-suffering and gracious. Fill in the blank. But this breastplate reminds me of my soul's salvation. And it reminds me that it is secure. Because it reminds me that it is Christ who makes me right before him and nothing in and of myself. And it is because of that security that I could get up every morning knowing that I am a daughter of the king and I am equipped to, to fight in this spiritual battle. So once I've girded myself with truth and I've covered my chest with the breastplate of righteousness, it is now time to put on the shoes of peace. And these shoes allow us to stand firm against all the attacks of the enemy and to move quickly to share the hope of the gospel. So who needs the shoes of peace? The shoes of peace are those who feel as though they need to share the gospel with somebody. Those who feel it is time to bring the hope of the gospel, whether it be to your children, to your community, to your church, to your workplace, to your neighbors, whoever that may be. The shoes of peace are for those who know in their soul that the Lord is leading them to give that same hope that the Lord has given them through the gospel to somebody else. Philippians 4, 6 says, God's peace surpasses all understanding. This is the kind of peace we have access to. It makes no sense, this kind of peace, because it, it comes from a hope that is not ours. It comes from the good news of the gospel and that gospel liberates us to love ourselves. It liberates us to receive the love the Father has for us. And it liberates us to love those around us because of the love of Christ that he freely has given to us in the midst of our brokenness. So when we put on these shoes of peace, it gives us firm grounding so that when the enemy tries to attack that hope, our shoes are grounded. They're grounded so down deep that we can stand firm knowing that my hope is secure and there's nothing the enemy can throw my way that could make me fall. Knowing that the one we put our hope in, he's never shaken. And because of that, no matter what comes our way, we can keep our footing. We can remain stable, unshakable. When we put on the shoes of peace, it not only stabilizes us, but it readies us to go and share the peace. And not just with those outside of our home, but also with those within our home. Number four, once I've girded myself with truth, I've covered my chest with his righteousness. I've put on the shoes of peace so that I'm ready to go and share the hope of the gospel. It is now time to take up the shield of faith. And the shield of faith we take that up when we are experiencing warfare. The shield of faith is for those right now who will feel like they are experiencing spiritual warfare. Why do I say that? Because I love how this verse, it says, it doesn't say this about any other piece of armor. It says the shield of faith, it will, it is a guarantee 
it will extinguish the fiery arrows of the evil one. It will extinguish the fiery arrows of the evil one. The reality is we are in a spiritual warfare and Satan is going to attack. That is certain. He is going to attack my confidence as a daughter of the king, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, fill in the blank. And what we are encouraged to do in this passage is not to fight off those attacks with our own wisdom, our own strength, our own grit, our own know-how, our own creativity. But what we are encouraged to do is to put up the shield of faith. Why? Because it takes faith to say, Lord, I don't know how to parent these children right now. And I feel like it's a spiritual attack the way that my children are acting, the disunity that may exist in my home, the disunity that may exist around me. And it takes faith to say, God, but today I'm going to choose to get up and believe the truth that you say you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take up my shield of faith and I'm going to trust that you are going before me, that you are still faithful in the midst of my pain. You are still faithful in the midst of my grief, in the midst of my hurt. It takes faith to believe that even in the midst of confusion, God, I don't know what you're doing right now. God, you're still good and you are still worthy of my worship. The shield of faith, it extinguishes the seeds of doubt that the enemy tries to throw our way. This shield of faith keeps it from taking root into our heart. The enemy wants nothing more than to plant a seed of doubt. And the shield of faith guarantees that it will extinguish all of his fiery arrows. Whatever he is throwing your way, take up that shield of faith. And by faith, it will be extinguished. It is a promise. So once we've been girded with truth, and once we've covered our chest with the breastplate of righteousness, and we've put on the shoes of peace, and we've taken up the shield of faith, it is now time to put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is for those who need to believe the gospel. Maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about this morning. What is this gospel? What is this good news? What is this hope? What is this faith that you are talking about this morning, Sarah? Well, the helmet of salvation is for those who need to believe the gospel for the first time. But it's also for those who maybe have heard the gospel and you have forgotten the gospel. Maybe you are already a daughter of the king, but you have forgotten the gospel and the gospel is still being made new in you. You've lost sight of it. The joy of your salvation is gone. Well, then this is for you. This helmet, what does it do? It protects our minds. It protects our minds from discouragement, from doubt, from lies the enemy uses to try to convince us concerning our salvation. Whether that be the lie that I can get to heaven by my own good works or the lie that I'm not good enough and so God can't love me and so God can't save me. Or the lie that maybe I am safe, but I've done too much or I've not met the mark and so God has left me. Those are all lies from the enemy. Salvation is a free gift from God, not of my works, but what he's already done for me on the cross. All I have to do is confess and repent that I am a sinner in need of Christ's salvation and love and he will save me. He will come into me. He will make me clean. He will rescue me. It is nothing that I can do to earn it, and it is nothing that I can do 
to get it taken away. Salvation is not just about redemption. It's not just about what was done in the past. It's not just he did die for me, but it's that he's actively, what he's actively being done for me right now. God died for me, but that death on the cross is actively making me new today. It is still very active. And so putting on this helmet of salvation is defensive. It defends over the attacks. It protects from the lies. Salvation is who we are in Christ. And so the helmet protects my mind from being convinced that salvation is anything other than that. And last but not least, our sixth piece of armor. It is the sword of the spirit. So once I've girded myself with truth and I've covered my chest with the breastplate of righteousness and I've put on the shoes of peace to bring the hope of the gospel and I've taken up the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy and I've put on the helmet of salvation to protect my mind, it is now time to take up the sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit is for those who need to go deeper in the word. Right now, I'm currently um, studying with um, our church at Hill City. Uh, we are in a series called Closer. And we are doing, um, we are focusing our time and attention on growing closer to Christ through fasting, through prayer, uh, through times of worship as a body, through times of rest. And so right now, I am being challenged to grow closer to Christ. And one way that I'm being challenged is to go deeper in his word. And so for me, the sword of the spirit speaks to me a little bit deeper because I do feel like the Lord is calling me to go deeper into his word, to go deeper into knowing who he is, to knowing his character, to knowing his instruction. It is the word, the sword is the word of God and is living and active. It says in Hebrews 4, 12, have you forgotten that the word of God is living and active? Um, if so, then uh, maybe the sword of the spirit is what the Lord is, is calling you to lean your attention into. The word of God is living and active. It cuts through bone and marrow. It is not a book that is dead, but it is alive. It is able to meet me in my very present time. Um, it is not irrelevant, but it is relevant for my now. It has exactly what I need. And sometimes I think... Um, that I think I've been a Christian for so long or I've got all these other pieces of armor, um, so I'm good. Uh, but without the word, I can easily forget, forget the character of God. The, our ability to put on this armor and to resist the enemy as he attacks is solely dependent on what we believe about God and what we believe is contingent upon an understanding of his word. So when I have his word in me, when we have his word in us, we take the time to seek his word for the truth. We are taking up the sword of the spirit. And that too allows us to defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. So what part of this armor do you need to take up today? What part of this armor um, are you wrestling with to believe in faith that that God really is going to use it uh, to help you in, in that area? Do you believe that the belt of truth is really going to um, stabilize you? Uh, do you believe that the breastplate of righteousness is really going to protect your soul 
um, and, and really is going to remind you that he is the one who has made you righteous, that you are loved by the Father. Do you need to put on the shoes of peace? Is there people around you that need to hear the hope of the gospel? Do you need to put on the helmet of salvation? Does your mind need to be protected from the lies that you've done something to lose your salvation? Or does your mind need to be protected from the lies that you can that you can do something to earn your salvation? Do you need to pick up the sword of the spirit? Do you need to go deeper into the, his word so that you remember who God is, so that you remember the power and the authority that he has given you? Which piece of armor do you need this morning? What do you need to take off so that you can make space for that? I love how each part of God's armor builds upon itself. It is intentional and it is necessary. So maybe this morning you're listening and you're saying, I need to put on all of these pieces of armor. Maybe you're saying I need to put on a specific piece of armor. But whatever it is, I pray that this morning you would be obedient to the Lord as he is calling you to rely on his vast strength. His vast strength. Because when you put on that armor, you don't have to put on your own. You can let that go. Let it go. This Mother's Day, let us try not to be super Let's not try to put on our own armor, but let us take up his armor, be strengthened by his vast strength. Mom, I've got three words I want to leave with you. He's super enough. He's super enough. So you don't have to be. He's super enough. I pray that you believe that this morning. His armor is enough for you. I pray that you believe that this morning and that you begin to take the steps to actually put them on. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father, forgive me for trying in all my pursuits to be superwoman. Forgive me for believing the lie that I have what it takes to conquer this world to conquer sin and death on my own. Forgive me for believing the lies that I have the ability to um, go through this life without your armor. Father God, we need you. We need your armor. We need the belt of truth, God. We need the breastplate of righteousness, God. We need the shoes of peace, God. We need the helmet of salvation. We need the sword of the spirit. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for reminding us that it is by your strength, by your vast strength, that we can do anything. God, I thank you that it is not in our own natural abilities that we get to conquer the hard things of this world. God, but it is by saying, God, I have limitations. And so with my limitations, please, Lord, fill in the gaps and be my strength. I have limitations, God, so I need you. So this morning, I pray for the women who are listening, those who um, maybe for the first time are acknowledging that I actually do have limitations. Those who are struggling to acknowledge that they do have limitations. God, for those women who are saying, 
Who even is this hope that she is talking about? God, I thank you that this morning, even now, you are doing a mighty, mighty work. God, I pray that you would give these women the courage and the boldness to begin to put on the armor, the armor of God, not their own armor, but the armor that you have equipped us with, the armor you've given us. God, thank you for the way that you've made it plain in your word. Open our eyes to have a greater understanding of what that looks like for us personally and help us to be obedient as you lead us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that today we get to celebrate all the mothers and the impact that they have made in our lives. God, I thank you that you see them, you know them, you are with them. God, I pray for your comfort, for your peace, uh, and for your love um, to wash over them. Um, And God, we pray this all in the power of your holy name. Amen. Thank you so much, ladies, for um, tuning in. And men, um, God, thank you. I mean, thank you so much uh, for um, being present with us. Um, Men, if there was something that impacted you, please put that in the chat. If there's a piece of armor that spoke to you, please put that in the chat. Um, We would love to hear what it is and how the Lord is speaking. Um, And so if you have prayed a prayer of salvation today, Um, or you're looking for a church home or want more information uh, about our ministry, visit the website at lovemychurch.org and click contact us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to be able to connect with you um, and begin to walk this journey with you of what it means to know Jesus and what it means to um, let him make us new. Um, So again, the website is lovemychurch.org. It's going to be down on the screen. Um, Contact us. Let us know um, how you've been impacted this morning by this message. Um, And next, um, giving. Um, Would love to, if you'd love to sow a seed, um, financial seed to this ministry, um, you can send um, a seed to My Church Lynchburg on Cash App or visit lovemychurch.org slash so-a-seed. Um, and again, all that information is going to be down below. Um, man, and um, I pray that you would be obedient as the Lord is leading. Um, and really quick, I would like to just take some time to pray over the tithe, um, to pray over the offering. Um and that you would be generous, that you would, as the Lord leads, that you would feel um, that freedom to give generously as the Lord has given generously to you. So God, I pray right now, and I thank you in advance for um, those who have given, those who desire to give. Um, God, I thank you for your generosity, that that calls us to be generous, Lord. God, I thank you that 10% um, is just the, the tip, God, you have given us so much. God, I thank you that right now um, sowing a seed is our way of saying, um, God, what we have is not our own. It is yours to do with as you please. And so, God, I pray um, that for those who are giving, um, God, that you would multiply the seed that is being sown. God, I pray um, as they take a step of faith, maybe, um, as you were leading them, God, that you would... Um, continue to just, uh, that you would bless them, God, Um, that that seed that they've sown uh, would not return void, God, but that would 
it would go into the ground and produce a harvest even in their own life, even now. So God, I thank you for the opportunity to give um, both of our souls, of our lives, but also um, of what you've given us monetarily here on this earth. Um, so God, I pray blessing over it and that you would get all the honor and all the glory um, through it. Um, thank you for your obedience um, as the Lord leads. Uh, so now if you just turn your attention um, to the screen for some announcements. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.